Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Sam Cedar from the Majority Report. Uh, it's going to be an interesting conversation. Because a lot of my conservative friends are going to be like, why the, why the hell are you interviewing Sam Cedar? And a lot of my liberal friends are like, yes, Sam Cedar. <laughs> so let me let me call Mr. Sam on the old Skype Rooney. Hello. There he is. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Pretty good, actually. We are now joined by Sam Cedar from the Majority Report. How are you? you... I'm I'm doing well. Now, uh, I am a huge fan of yours, by the way. In professional wrestling terms, uh, I would be a mark for Sam Cedar. Wow. Um, well, I appreciate that. Um, I have been wanting to have you on this show for a long time. I, I've 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 had basically. Three people that I've wanted to interview on this show for the longest time, and that's you, David Pakman, and Jenk from the Young Turks. And I got Pakman this last summer, and I've got you now, and I don't think I'm going to be able to get Jenk because this guy, he just, he's all over the place. I, I don't know how the hell this guy, you and him are the two busiest people in, uh, in, in, what would you be considered? Would you be considered, if Alex Jones is alt right, are you alt left? <laughs> Uh, I, I don't, I don't even know if I would be considered, I, you know, I don't think I'm the left we're that, uh, terribly uh, concerned with the, uh, the prefixes so much, yeah. but, um, I, I can tell you, Jenk is, uh, I think significantly busier than me. He's, he's, I think he's on uh, Seth Meyers show tonight. <laughs> he's, uh, I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. I think he is actually the late night or. It, yeah. it's, it's amazing. Now, uh, you, you grew up in, in New York city. Um, no. uh, tell me about growing up in New York and, and, and having the, having that tough, uh, I guess, tough city, uh, getting you prepared for what you're doing now. Well, I did not grow up in New York city. I was born in New York. Ah, uh, I okay. spent, uh, I spent, uh, the first, uh, 24 months of my life in New York and maybe oh, okay. that toughened me up a little bit. <laughs> Uh, but then I was, uh, I, I was raised in Worcester, Massachusetts. That's all. Awesome. Uh, so, um, not, uh, not quite the hustle and bustle of New York, but, uh, but a, yeah. a city nevertheless. And, um, uh, so, uh, I, you know, it's, uh, New York doesn't creep in too much. I, I mean, I've been in New York now for, uh, 20, 20 years, 20, yeah. more than 20 years. Yeah. So, uh, but, uh, I, I mean, I think more of what I do comes from my background as a comedian and being raised by a pack of lawyers. So <laughs> We've got Sam Cedar with us today from the Majority Report. Check out majoritywreport.fm and uh, Sam Cedar with us today here on our broadcast. Now, uh, you got you, you, one of your first major experiences with, with radio was, was working for Air America. It uh, was uh, my first experience working with radio, frankly. Ah, okay. Uh, yes, indeed. So, what was that? Seemed like such a cool concept, and mm -hmm. I and I look back on where radio and media and communications have headed now, with the fact that you you turn on the internet, you go to the internet, 
you've got you and the Young Turks and Pac-Man and uh, Amy Goodman and, and all these all these people that would be considered, I guess, liberal or left or whatever, um, having a lot of success online. Was Air America just ahead of its time? Well, I, I, I mean, I think Air America was a little bit ahead of its time, but not that much. Uh, not that much. I mean, uh, you know, we had started uh, by the end of Air America, we'd started to sort of introduce video, and, and, and we had podcasts. I mean, it is true that when we streamed uh, in 2004, uh, we were using real the real player, um, which, you know, is, uh, was basically a virus at that time. Yeah. And I, you know, the problem with air America, uh, really had to do with, um, with management and without, uh, sort of any clear, uh, sort of, uh, I, ge- I guess, idea of where our value lay. Um, we had six, uh, six CEOs, uh, five owners, uh, wow. over the course of five years, and uh, none of them really came in with a full understanding of 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 what they were doing or what they wanted to do. Yeah. You know, radio is a is a uh, broadcast radio is a is a medium, or at least as a as an industry is dying, yes. uh, largely speaking. Yes. Uh, but with that said, you know what the 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 ownership did not have an entrepreneurial um, uh, idea. And the 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 radio people that were brought in were not <clears throat> particularly liberal. Were not terribly sophisticated as to who our audience was, uh, and failed to capitalize on what was pretty good ratings. I mean, when yeah. uh, Janine Garofalo and I were on uh, six to nine in New York City, uh, one point we were on seven to ten, then we moved to six to nine. We were beating uh, Mark Levin. We were beating uh, Michael Savage. Uh, at one point, uh, Laura Ingram had an hour that we were uh, on, and we were beating her. Um, but the the management failed to capitalize on this because largely, you know, you had an industry that had ossified. People sold, knew how to sell um, uh, right-wing talk radio. They knew how to sell sports radio, but they didn't know how to sell uh, liberal radio. And it, we were really a different... We were a different product. We were not just generic talk radio. We yeah. were, our audience was a very different ra- audience that we were bringing to radio, and we had a very different audience. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, potential advertisers, but none of uh, the the sales force knew, knew knew where to go. Do you think that it it would have been better if they would have tried to sell it like like NPR? No, I, I, I think uh, it would have been better if they uh, followed our successes. At one point, uh, the Rockettes in New York City yeah. uh, were striking very early on. I think it was 2004, 2005. And the Rockettes Union put an ad on uh, our Air America station in New York City. And within less than 24 hours, management called them in, said, we will give you concessions a b and c that you've been for, and start negotiations under the condition that you take those ads off the air now if i'm a salesperson uh at that station i take a testimonial from the the labor the, the union and i go to every other union in the country and i say look at the power that we have to reach yes people who are going to support you 
But no, what they did is they went out and looked for gold sponsorships, <laughs> you know, and, um, and, 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 and that was indicative of the problem there. They, I can tell you that as late as like, you know, like the management was atrocious. It was atrocious. <laughs> and, um, they, they, they killed the, the goose that was laying the golden egg. They didn't kill it once. They killed it like three or four times. They brought it back to life, killed it again. Well, it just <laughs> never died. It's just yeah. that the new management came in and did the exact same mistake. And each time they thought, like, we're not here about politics. We're here about the radio business. But the fact of the matter is, I mean, let's face it. There's no geniuses in the radio business. No. <laughs> and, no. Bob, um, Bob Pittman at iHeart is no genius, even though CNBC yeah. likes to think he is. There's no geniuses in the radio business. <laughs> yeah. And I had a conversation with the last guy who was there, who is a radio executive today, makes a very good living at it, who told me when I in the final meeting I had with this guy. Yeah. He said that the plan at Air America was to make the most liberal website online. He thought he was going to challenge the Huffington Post. Now, this is back in 2009, yeah. but still sort of a, a delusion. And I said, well, what about the radio station? Because at that point, they had, uh, they had brought in Montel Williams, who was a supporter of J uh, G uh, Kasich in this election, yeah. uh, a guy named Lionel who is a, you know, sort of a quasi-libertarian. <laughs> yeah, Lionel. I, 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 don't get his, I don't get his appeal, but... And he said to me, well, we're going to be a centrist on the radio. And I said to him, congratulations, you're the only media company in decades that is um, uh, planning a horizontal business plan. <laughs> and I said, you should, you should also um, buy a, a shoe store and refuse to advertise on your website or your radio program. I mean, the guy was a moron. He had no idea. What, how to integrate uh, online presence with this uh, media property. I mean, let's face it. Even in 2009, it was quite clear that radio was going to be a way of driving traffic to your website. It was yes. going to be an add-on, a prestige yep. thing. It was going to be a way of driving podcast sales. Yep. It was absurd. We had, 12 sh we had 10 shows on Air America, I think, in 2009, 2008. And I generate more, and I know exactly what was going on with the podcast business. They left so much money on the table. Yes. It was absurd. Because they didn't believe in it. They did not believe in the internet they they said this these radio executives said this to me they they, they they would brag about it they were moronic and so it had nothing to do with politics had nothing to do with liberals running thing because the, the guy i had that conversation with maxed out donating to to mitt romney uh in 2000 uh in 2012 i mean the uh it had nothing to do with any of that stuff um, uh, the bottom line is these were people from the radio industry who didn't know what they were doing and were afraid of the internet and there just wasn't enough money to burn until they uh, realized, Oh, we got to turn it into high heart radio or whatever it is. You know, I mean, <laughs> yes. uh, it was just, you had an ossified radio, uh, leadership and ownership that, that didn't understand what was going on. They just didn't understand it. And, uh, they came in and they, they went with uh, radio advisors, and they, they screwed themselves. 
We've got a uh, fired-up Sam Cedar with us today. I love this conversation, by the way. Majority.fm is his official website, and the Majority Report each and every day, online and offline. He is uh, uh, just a, a busy bee, and I'm glad he made some time for us today to be on our big program. Uh, that is the one thing I find so strange about the radio business, is they they don't embrace podcasting. They don't embrace apps. Uh, we talked about a story, I don't know, two two months ago, I think it was the beginning of the summer, I would say, that uh, NPR had told all their people uh, on the radio and off, don't promote NPR One, which is their app, and don't promote podcasts, because we're not in the business of doing that because we're a radio station. Don't do that, don't do that. And then, like a month ago, they went out and signed a deal with iHeartRadio to put all their stations and list them on iHeartRadio. And I'm like, you have an app. <laughs> Why don't you use your app? It's the weirdest uh, thing. Well, I mean, I think, look, uh, uh, there's, um, all I can tell you is that I think there's a, there's a certain amount of human nature where uh, you, people um, are afraid of giving up, uh, you know, the horse that they rode in on, basically. Yeah. Uh, right? And, uh, I mean, I remember in uh, in 19, must have been about 2000. 2002, early 2002, 2001. At that time, I was a um, uh, television uh, director and 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 producer, and uh, I had a show uh, with uh, with Conoco, which Conan O'Brien's company at the time. Yep. yep. We were shooting it for Fox, and it was I don't know about a um, uh, probably a 1.5 million dollar show that we were shooting in Vancouver, and I had shot a version of it. Um, uh, a year or two earlier with Studios USA, and very early on, I had adopted um, uh, uh, digital video. And um, in fact, I think that one that we shot for Studios USA was probably the first high-def uh, digital video uh, show shot. Um, and so I wanted to shoot uh, uh, digital video for this um, uh, this uh, Fox show. It was NBC Studios that was producing it, and they were terrified. Uh, the, the guy literally said like, this is a suicide mission. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I mean, this is, this is how we're going to shoot this and we're going to do more work in the edit. They had no idea. They were terrified of this technology, you know, that we now take for granted, uh, as being, uh, you know, we all have it on our phones, Yes. but, uh, the idea of not shooting this on film, I was like, look, we're going to do a lot of improv with a uh, seven-minute mag, uh, the, the magazine that I could get, uh, you know, uh, basically a film cartridge. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm going to have to change out every every seven minutes. Uh, but we're, what we're going to do is we're going to get a lower yield. We're going to shoot more. We're going to get less out of it. It's going to increase the intensity of editing, but it's going to save us on the set. We're going to be able to shoot it in three and a half days. Wow. And they thought I was a lunatic. Uh, and, uh, we're literally like terrified at the notion and, uh, you know, which, you know, we're talking about 2002. This is not, you know, I'm not, I'm yeah, not this, saying the, I want to do this in 1987, yeah, right? The, the, now, yeah. Um, this isn't the eighties. <laughs> right. You can carry the entire camera on your shoulder and one person can operate it. I mean, it's, you know, there are camera operators who know how to shoot this stuff. And, <laughs> Uh, but, uh, so there, there's partly that, and it's partly like, look, uh, the, the, the reality is, is that in this world now, I mean, if you look at the podcast world, 
you have uh, folks like Gimlet, right? And you have yep. folks like Twib and, and, and This American Life who are dominating this space. And the reality is, is that you don't need the infrastructure that you need for radio to successfully navigate this. And it scares a lot of people who may not have 100% confidence that they're going to have a job. And so if they can keep it away from yeah. them for as long as possible, they're playing out the clock. Yes. And, you know, and look, it's, it's a very difficult economy. Uh, and it's very difficult if you're, you know, if, if you're a person in your uh, mid fifties and uh, you're seeing technology come down the pike that you don't fully understand and you can't tell exactly where it's going to lead your company, and you can push it off and avoid it, uh, then you're going to do that for as long as you can. Yes. And so I think there's a lot of that at play, frankly. Um, which is not to say that young people don't do it, but young people are much more comfortable with it. It makes more sense. But, you know, look, the infrastructure of iHeartRadio is not sustainable. No. The infrastructure <laughs> of no, all these places not. is just simply not sustainable. And the people working there must understand that. And so um, they're going to do everything they can, they can to make sure that up the chain... Uh, uh, they're going to manage upward, make sure that nobody understands that this technology could replace a lot of what they're doing. Well, and, and Sam, that, that this is something else, is that folks, uh, I, I remember when I was, uh, I worked at a radio station in, I think it was year 2000, and we had a website uh, store, I guess you would call it, open up next door. And they wanted to get some advertising, and they came they came over one day, and they were like, hey, we'll do a trade with you guys. We'll build you a website if you give us a certain amount of spots on the air. And our program director at the time was like, oh my god, this is so awesome. And so he ran down the hallway and had this big chat with the owner, and the owner comes down the hallway, and he goes, ah, we're not interested, because this internet thing is going to be gone in a couple years. We don't have any use for this website stuff. And I'm like, what? <laughs> where, where, yeah. where does where does this ha what what happens in these people's heads, where they 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 think the things like that, or, or, or like you were mentioning there with with iHeartRadio, how how do they possibly think that something like an iHeartRadio is is sustainable, and we can just stick Ryan Seacrest on every station in the country, or or just put Rush on at noon in in, in every place in the country? How does how do they think that that's supposed to work? Well, I mean, I I don't I don't think that they have necessarily a plan. I mean, I think they're smart to think that they need to be in that space, and I think they're smart to to realize that a lot of this is going to be about uh, creating a brand, right? Because at one point, what's going to happen is you're going to get into your car. And in some cars, you already have this. But you're going to get into your car, and that screen is going to be preloaded with a certain number of apps. Yes. And uh, everybody wants to be one of those. Uh, and, you know, at one point, what's going to happen, I think, I mean, it, it's going to be in, similar to the dynamic when there were two satellite um, uh, yep. companies, Sirius right? Yeah, and XM, yeah. And uh, those apps are going to vie for position. Now, maybe they'll buy... Maybe they'll buy their space onto GM cars or Ford cars and, and, and reserve it that way. And But the way that they're going to raise revenue is they're going to have to either provide some mechanism in which to advertise on these uh, shows, which are going to be largely uh, podcasts, perhaps, yeah. uh, or have embedded advertising, 
Or they're going to uh, maybe have a subscription service, you know, Netflix uh, model where, yeah. you know, you get access and, and we've got Howard Stern. If you want to listen to Howard Stern, That's you got to right. buy our app. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, Sirius has that model now. It's just that the problem is they have this legacy of the, these loans that they paid for for these <laughs> basically completely obsolete flying, uh, you know, uh, machines in the air. You know, they don't need those satellites anymore. Um, and at one point, I don't, I don't know. I mean, they, they, they have a tremendous um, source of, of cash flow uh, with all their, uh, you know, uh, their, their, their members. And so, you know, I mean, that membership model works for me, uh, and uh, I don't have nearly as many as they do. Well, and speaking of that, uh, check out Majority.fm, and uh, you you can uh, get involved. Well, I should say, it's yes. a free, uh, we do five days a week of uh, a free show that's uh, anywhere from about 40 minutes to an hour, and then okay. we, um, we do uh, an extra anywhere from 45 minutes to two hours uh, for our members. And it's a different type of show, the member show. It's, uh, yeah. it's more, it's funnier and uh, more sort of... Uh, uh, I guess going after the right directly. <laughs> well, and speaking of that, I I want I want to talk about your Alex Jones stuff. I am, I I spent one evening. <laughs> I don't know why why I did this. I was, I was working on some video and I was it was rendering on another computer and I'm like, well, okay. So I start you know messing around on YouTube and I see one of your Alex Jones clips and then I had to watch them all. That is some of the stuff that you guys do is so damn entertaining. And what's funny is that it's like batting practice. He literally sets you guys up. He sure. literally gives you the material, and then you guys just expound on it. I, I well, I mean, I think I'm not convinced that that's not part of his agenda, right? I mean, I think like, <laughs> look, he, I, I don't. You know what I do is uh, we do we're comedic, but really ultimately I'm in this more for the politics yes. than to build a media empire. I mean, if I wanted to, yeah, you don't want to be back. Well, no, I don't want to be. I mean, and and I, I, I if I had wanted to, um, been more prominent and made more money, I would have stayed in show business. Yeah. Um, but I am uh, talking about politics has uh, both been more rewarding than I found, you know, acting on sitcoms uh, and uh, also more stimulating, frankly. Yeah. And so, um, you know, and I was writing scripts for AMC as late as uh, like two or three years ago. But I just uh, and, and when it became clear that like I can I can make a living at this. Um, uh, that I was, uh, you know, I basically left show business. I still do some small things, but, but, but not really. And, um, and so, you know, uh, from, from my perspective, Alex Jones is a, a businessman and, um, he wants to create a spectacle, uh, and for us, it's fodder. It's fun to talk well, about. And that's, that's I, I, I think the thing. I think what's problematic about it politically yeah. is less um, his positions and more that it it undercuts people's ability to yeah. realize that they can impact our politics. Well, and 
and, and, because for him it's all changelings and you know Mount Shasta and you know all powerful <laughs> or whatever it is. So, well, and that's that's the thing that that I find um, like, like we were talking earlier, I about you know people are basically using radio to to promote their podcasts or promote their products or whatever. Alex Jones, he's 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 got all sorts of crazy theories and all sorts of things, but I'll have to say that he was one of the first people that thought, hey, nobody's really paying attention. The radio people aren't really paying attention to me, so I'm going to go ahead and promote my website, and I'm going to use my radio show that's on AMFM Radio to send people to my website because constantly mm-hmm. you hear him go well you know uh, this works a lot easier with tv viewers uh, if you want to watch our live feed go to infowars you know i'm like thinking none of these radio people even realize what the hell's going on it's right. the funniest thing yeah they didn't realize that they were just becoming a billboard for his real business <laughs> it, it it and i know beck has tried to do that on a few occasions but beck's got his own problems he's got this he wanted to do movies i guess that's a, yep. that's out now that's out the window <laughs> yeah i mean if you go over and, and noodle around uh, the blaze site you realize like oh there is no new programming uh they they're in a, they're in a free fall and yes. you know the guy still obviously uh got his radio empire and and whatnot and I think that's um, he, why he's trying to go on all these shows. I see him on MSNBC. I've seen him on yeah. uh, Fox. I think it's an audition. I think he's like, hey, I'm not as less crazy. Give me a job. Yep. I think you're right. <laughs> I think you're right about that. <laughs> he, uh, he He's he's trying like crazy because, and and I know that with um, with radio, you know, like we were talking with, uh, with Alex Jones and Beck and some of these guys and with iHeart, um, I think what's going on, and, and I'm hoping whoever buys Premier Radio, whenever they de- the, the court decides to break up uh, iHeart and, and sell it off piece by piece, I hope whoever buys Premier Radio uh, doesn't get suckered in with going, oh my god, I, I've got Rush and Levin and all these guys, even though I don't think, I don't think Levin's syndicated by Premier, but, but I mean, you know, all these names, and then realize, oh, I now have to pay for Rush $400 million. Hmm. Oh, I got to pay Hannity whatever amount of money he's getting paid. Oh, I got to pay back. I, I'm hoping what happens is when somebody buys Premier, they go, okay, well, this is awesome. I'm, I'm glad I own a radio company, but we're all going to negotiate from zero. It, it, I, I mean, it remains to be seen. I just don't know how, how it works out if they don't do something like that. I yeah. mean, you know, this is a, this is a math equation. And um, <laughs> yes, I, I can't imagine equation. anybody sitting there going, oh, well, uh, our revenue is X today, but uh, next year it's going to be X plus. I mean, I think the at least from radio, uh, you know. And uh, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the next couple of years, without a doubt. And... Um, at one point, I think we're going to see this model dramatically change, and it's simply going to become less profitable. And you can't sustain a major corporation by by syndicating um, uh, radio anymore. I just yeah. don't think that's going to happen. Well, and the the model that that I that I like is what like what what you're doing. and what Tom Lycus is doing, where where these guys have you have a central location. And you're feeding everybody to that central location. Yeah, granted, you've got your stuff on YouTube. You've got your stuff here and there. But you're sending everybody to one spot. 
And it, you can control, I, I, I guess, you can control a little bit better that way than just being like Rush and shotgunning and being on 150 stations all over the place. It's like, what? What are you doing? Well, I, I don't think there's anything. I mean, with my model um, being distributed by, um, by uh, other stations, uh, let's say Internet stations, yeah. I got no problem with that. That's helpful to me because ultimately you're right. I'm driving them back uh, to, um, uh, you know, my membership show, essentially, yeah. or uh, other mechanisms in which to support the show. The, the, the problem when it comes to sort of... Uh, uh, you know, terrestrial affiliates is that that involves a a level of uh, production, yes. and you know, I got to pay for a satellite feed. You know, maybe <laughs> yeah, for something yes. like Limbo, it's not necessarily you know that too expensive, but you know, it 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 becomes it becomes uh, less more trouble than it's worth because the advertising is also drying up on that. You know, that people too. are finding it. People are doing their pur- purchasing via their uh, phone or their computer, why wouldn't you want the medium to be associated with that? Right? Like, yeah. like you know, I mean, I would imagine from an advertiser's perspective. So, We've got Sam Cedar with us today. As we wrap up here with him, check out Majority.fm. Uh, this definitely has been a, a very interesting conversation, uh, and I definitely want to do this again when, 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 you, have a, when you have a chance. Uh, a couple Love more to couple more questions for you uh one being uh you mentioned your you mentioned the website you mentioned all the different all the different things that that are that are yours the one thing that just amazes the crap out of me and i don't know why this just gets me but if you go to rush limbaugh's website you go to the bottom it says the website's owned by premier and i'm like how does this guy not own his own website <laughs> yeah, just, I'm surprised by that. I mean, I would me. <laughs> I would imagine there's some negotiation going on there. I mean, um, he may because you know, Howard Howard owns his website. You own your website. The Young Turks own their own website. How in the world? <laughs> well, did Rush Limbaugh well, look, go? Ah, I don't know. I'm Rush Limbaugh. You, I don't need to own my own website. Well, I mean, listen. If Premier came to me and said, "I'll give you ten million dollars for your website." I'd say okay. I keep my podcast and I keep my email. Well, my email that. List. I mean, uh, uh, you know, uh, returning back to the website not so important if it becomes just a way to feed my other uh, businesses. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, you know, <laughs> I, I, you I never know. That. You never know with these things. Uh, Sam Cedarly, if anybody wants to give me ten million dollars for my website. <laughs> As long as I keep my podcast and my email right. list, That's my app, right. I'm happy to sell it. To You're you. good. <laughs> Majority.fm. And uh, before we let you go, I, I have to uh, get get a prediction from you. Um, this whole thing with Trump and Hillary and all this stuff, um, I personally think the reason that uh, – I, I, I actually think what they should have done is – it should have, and Obama has done a great job with different things, but I honestly think that Hillary should have been in there and Obama should be going in now because I don't really think Hillary is, is not, not, not that she's, you know, going to be deathly ill and die tomorrow, but she's a grandma. 
I just, <laughs> why didn't they run like Tim Kaine to begin with? Or, 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 why, why is Hillary running? Because I just, I, I worry that she's not going to make it all four years and we're going to have like a Reagan situation where she's in office, but somebody else is running the country. Well, I mean, look, um, you know, she's running because she wanted to run and she became the nominee because the majority of Democrats voted for her. Um, I I don't think her health is really, uh, I, I'm not worried about her health. Uh, yeah. You know, for uh, women have much uh, longer uh, oh, lifespans than uh, men. And uh, Donald Trump is older than she is, yes. uh, frankly. And uh, you never hear that raised at all. Uh, probably because that's probably why they've made such an issue on the right of Hillary's health is because yeah. they don't want people to pay attention to the fact that Donald Trump would be uh, is even older and certainly <laughs> in a lot less uh, better shape than 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 Hillary Clinton. So um, you know, I'm not terribly concerned about that. Uh, my issues with Hillary, um, you know, played out over the course of uh, the primary. And so, from my perspective, one of two people are going to be president in uh, two months, or president-elect in two months. One of them is uh, Donald Trump, and one of them is Hillary Clinton. And if I got to choose between those two, uh, there is not a single day I could ever wake up and hesitate to pull the lever for Hillary Clinton in that scenario. <laughs> well, and and speaking of of Trump, and I'll make this the the the, the final question here with with Trump. I just don't understand how he got so far. And I think that he maybe got in this and didn't realize that he could do this well. I, I think he thought this was a joke. And then he got so far and he's like, I can win this thing. These people are idiots. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I think you're right. I don't know if he entered it as a joke. I think he thought, like, this is win-win for me. Um, yeah. There's 17 people in the field. There's not going to be a loser. Because there's so many people in the field that no one's going to be uh, a loser. There's going to be too many people who have lost. You're just not going to be the winner. And I think at one point he realized, like, holy cow, I definitely have a chance to win this. And so I think his, you know, he's got a plan A and a plan B. Uh, and I think his plan B was like, I'm going to get some prominence as a candidate, and then I'll go back to my TV show. And then that shifted into I'm going to win the nomination. And I think now his plan B is... I'm either, uh, you know, plan A's become president, plan B is a launch a media enterprise. Yes. Uh, and uh, I think, you know, to understand Donald Trump's success is to understand who the uh, the base of the Republican Party has become. Well, and I think and that's, that's They've been why, heading this week for a while. I think that's why you see guys like Alex Jones and Michael Savage and all these guys kissing his ass, because they're like, oh, if Trump loses, he's going to start a cable channel, and I might be able to get a yep. job on there. I think you're right. <laughs> Well, Sam, I appreciate you making time for us today. Majority.fm is the website. Sam Cedar's been our guest. Sam, have yourself a wonderful week, and I will definitely talk to you soon. Thank you, brother. That was a lot of fun. Thanks so much. Definitely. I appreciate it. Thank you, man. Have a good one. Sam Cedar with us today on Skype, and uh, thanks to him for giving us over 30 minutes of content there. He is absolutely amazing. We are going to get that up on our website at JiggyJaguar.com. And... Uh, that is that for this presentation here and uh, we are going to if you're listening to us on the stream uh, I, I appreciate you uh, without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals, factories, schools and power plants, they all depend on you 
No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.